not a good day. <laughs> well, that's a good way to start out if I'm saying anything can and will be used against you in a court of law. <laughs> you know, I, I've always wanted to see the legal defense. Ha ha, you did not use that thing I said in the court uh, when you arrested me in the court of law. I'm not guilty, that means. Did not you used nothing. Rights. Oh, well, how are you, Pat? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Uh, I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. This past uh, two weeks has flown by. I can't believe it's Wednesday already. Uh, and you were running a little late, so I threw on some music before you came on. So I was listening to Little Dickie's rap, Grew Up in the 90s. So <laughs> got me in the mood. Got oh, my glass podcast. of scotch. I'm ready to podcast. Nice. Uh, so... We're still doing this remotely, though we probably could in person. We're in phase four now. We're in phase four. We're in, in phase podcasting. four. That's interesting, but what are the rules? Well, I, I guess you could go out to a restaurant and eat without masks, but what are the rules for podcasting? Well, we're a gathering of less than 50 people. Uh, <laughs> so we're fine, because I've been at gatherings of more than 50, maybe. Maybe. That might be censored out. <laughs> um, once um, yeah um, I mean I went to a wedding this weekend so that was a little bit different yeah yeah, so. that's definitely going to be different may or may not have had 50 people there, that's been in the news a lot there is a, the, a couple from Buffalo just won a lawsuit against New York State saying that the restriction of 50 people for a wedding was unconstitutional under the 14th Amendment, equal protection. And their argument was that um, 200, if a restaurant has a 400-person capacity, the restaurant is allowed to be at 50% capacity. Which is so 200. They, which is 200. But if they called that dinner service a wedding, they could only do 50 people. You know what? I think that's a fair argument. So, so they, they made that argument and they won, but the, I think the New York state attorney general is appealing. And I get, I just read this and I watched it on the news. One of the attorneys from Buffalo was on CNN uh, talking about it, that uh, they're trying to put a halt to a wedding that's Saturday and they have 175 guests coming, but the venue that they're at can seat 438. So they're under half capacity. So they're under half capacity and they're at the number where they can socially distance and that everyone who's going to the wedding has agreed to wear face masks from the car in. There's no dancing there's no mingling. It's they're going down. They're sitting at the tables. You can't bounce around tables, but they'll do speeches. I don't know if they'll do a first dance, but yeah. So I mean, the, to... if it's just the bride and groom on the dance floor, and you would think the dance floor is way bigger than six feet around. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a dance floor that is smaller than six feet around at a wedding venue, so. Right, yes. And even if there is no official dance floor, if the venue seats 400, there should be spots where tables aren't that has the room to dance on it. And I mean, they could get really fancy and do dances with uh, masks on, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Some of these rules, it's crazy. So there's like that. There's a fight over that. There's a fight over everything. The thing is, we're still learning. And yeah. Like, yeah. New York is doing really well right now compared to other states. So, I mean, and everyone's scared we're just two weeks away from the next outbreak. And I think we might actually finally be there because schools are going back. But oh we won't God. know for two weeks. Like, Did colleges you? are going back and... That's a great point. I think just heard, I think it's RIT. They had 40 or it was either 40 or 60 cases, which I think 
Monroe County has been having 30. 30 ish, right? A day. A day, if so, that high. So I think RITs add in their 40 or 60. I can't remember the number. It was one of those. Um, add in back to the college. That could be spike. Well, you know, um, th- that's an interesting thing because I was at an event and talking to some people, and apparently one of the fraternities on in SU got kicked off campus day one because they held a party. Day one. Day one. Day one. I'm sorry. We were college kids. We would have done stupid things. We would have thought we were invincible. Um, It's bound to happen. And I mean, like, so we went to Ithaca. This is going to get into what we've been up to. We went to Ithaca two weeks ago, which is great. They had, at the time we went, they had three active cases. I think they're up to seven active cases right now. Um, We walked, we went to a bunch of the parks. Uh, we tried to do, oh, I forget what, it's the state park down there, and there's a hike. We made it halfway up the hill, and it was like, you only go one way. You have to go one way. We made it halfway up the hill, and we're like, screw it. We're going back down. Like <laughs> We went the other way. We just couldn't make it. It was a lot more difficult than we thought. But then on Sunday, we went to Cornell's Botanical Gardens, because Cornell is was not back in session yet. Um, and... They, I wish we had gone there day one. They were absolutely amazing. And then we, I drove out of the way to pull into the driveway of the Pie Cap House and get a picture of the house down there because they have a official house down at Cornell. So, saw that. Yeah, I. And now that you just said that about, I just saw, and it's it's in the sports news. I think it's UNC. Has just had to close for two weeks. Yes, they just closed because they had a huge outbreak. And I think what they were saying, I keep seeing this on like ESPN because they're talking about UNC's football program shutting down. Um, and it, I think they said it's traced back to house parties with it's and they I bet they have big house, big official houses from all different organizations. And right. And you're just you're going to be that young kid you've been cooped up for months. So if you were a high school senior, you were cooped up. Yep. If, I mean, you got, if you were in college, you got sent home early. So you've been cooped up, not much to do. Now you're back and you want to get back to normal and bam. <laughs> well, that that's enough COVID. Let, let's move into non COVID. And <laughs> I, I know this this question's probably going to blur into our main topic for the week. Uh, so I'll start with what I've been doing. Um, I've been reading a ton of books. I finished a book called Ishmael uh, in two weeks. And now I'm trying to finish uh, Shakespeare for Squirrels, which Emmy got me for my birthday, for Father's Day. Um, I was going to buy more books, and then I looked off to my nightstand, and there's a stack of uh, books. Uh, And I'm like, I should probably, like, finish some of those before I buy even more. Um, Then, let's see, I watched Lovecraft County on HBO. Uh, First episode came out on uh, Sunday. Very, very good. I can't wait to see where that goes. And then the other thing is I'm starting to try to uh, perfect myself professionally. So I started a LinkedIn learning class, uh, Salesforce Administrator. That's six hours. And uh, then I might go for my Salesforce admin uh, certificate potentially. We'll see where that leads. And then I'm going to do Lean Six Sigma Green Belt, which is a 20-hour course on uh, LinkedIn learning. And I think I'll go for my yellow belt after doing the green belt training um, <laughs> to get some of the certifications. Um, but with that, I'm going to take it to what have you been doing and see if that just flows right into our main topic of the week. Yes. Yeah, it, it, I think it will flow into our two topics I had proposed. So yes, we have been looking for a house. So we have recently, I mean, so in the past few months, right? So my wife, Kaylee, pregnant, we're having our first child. So we've decided, and our lease was up. So this is like the perfect time. We're like, oh, it's time in our lives to get a house. Um, 
we've lived in a ton of apartments for the last decade. Time to actually become homeowners. Uh, so for the last couple months, like we've just kind of like casually left, you know, get the get the Zillow app out there, see what's out there, what kind of houses, what are the prices, and then like last month I started pulling information on the different towns and like what are their school taxes? What are their property taxes? Like we looked up the school districts. So it's like, what are their school districts ranked? Like, how do they rank these school districts? Um, like, where are these schools located? Um, so we started just, you know, every that night is just like casual, like sitting on a couch, like looking up some stuff. Um, but so in the last three weeks, so we got pre-approved uh, from a mortgage company. Then we uh, got a hold of a realtor. And we have now looked at five houses total. So now we're set up. So our realtor has their own website. And every single house that gets listed in like our search terms, and our search terms are pretty much like, Monroe County because we know our budget it, it's like talking to the bank our overall our joint salary is pretty decent but our joint debt is crusher and it's because of my law school debt I yeah have, oh my god six figure law school debt um and no end in sight so it's just like I mean the even if I was the most successful there's just no way i can pay it off it's like a lottery i would have to hit the lottery to pay off this so that is a, a little crunch on the uh budget but so we so we started looking with a realtor and she set us up with the search criteria and now we get like every house that is listed in Monroe county we get an email that's like <laughs> this just went this just went on the market um, and uh, we looked at three houses on Saturday. And the, okay, so here's the craziest thing now. Now I knew that the housing market in the Rochester area was hot. That's like there's been articles written as one of the hottest markets um, in the country. And I was thinking that the pandemic would have slowed things down. Nope. No. That's crazy. I would thought like people would be nervous and or not expending tons of cash on buying a house, down payment and stuff. Um, not the case. <laughs> nope. People are buying houses right now. Well, so we are in our main topic of adulting hard and we're going to adult hard <laughs> the first part of this episode. Um, well, I'm still going to propose you could become my neighbor, not my direct neighbor, but the house is only uh, three or four doors down from us. So I yeah I know did they just lower the price too? They might have. I didn't look at it. I think they did because I think originally it was like it was one ninety originally. Was it one ninety? Oh, maybe it's the same because that's like the tippy top. Like that's towards the top of a budget. Like one ninety is in our budgeted area, but that would be like the top of it. It would be yeah. I mean. I, 200 would probably be like breaking uh point but so here another problem with this is that it's so hot every house is going 10 plus thousand over less price yep so we went we just looked at a house on saturday and it was in webster three bedroom house and it's like 17 100 square feet it was listed at 182 and we're like that's perfect that's like in our budget we got there and our realtor was like no it, it was a great it was a beautiful house it had a great a huge lot nice backyard but it was there's the rumor on the street i guess between the realtors is that it's going to sell for like 210 220 230 like God, we're we're talking like thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars over list price 
for a three bedroom. It wasn't even like it wasn't a huge house. This was like your pretty standard uh, suburb three bedroom house, like nuts. So we're like, so that was pretty disappointing. The other houses we looked at, they were nice, but they a little too small. Uh, they wouldn't really fit. One said it was like a four bedroom and we got there and it seriously had like four rooms and a kitchen. I was like, I listed every <laughs> room as a bedroom. <laughs> it was teeny. Um, but so that's, and it's crazy because these houses will um, go up in the middle of the week and they're doing delayed negotiations. So So a good example is the one we looked at tonight. It was listed yesterday, Tuesday, which is a Tuesday. Then delayed negotiations until Friday at 4. So you have to submit your offer by Friday at 4. So it will only be on the market for three and a half days. Because someone will have listed their offer by... It's nuts. So you have three and a half days from it being listed, you have to go see it and you have to get your offer in. And then it will sell that night. You will know if you have it that night, which is nuts. So there were back to back to back to back people looking at that house. When we left, there were, there's a line. There was a line to get into the house. Oh my God. Yes. A lot. It's nuts. It's, Every and, and the thing about with COVID is so usually I guess this is what we've been told is that you wouldn't need time slots. Yeah, you do. You go to a showing. It's open to, from yeah. three to seven or something. Right. You go to the open house. Now it's changed. Now it's you get time slots. So you will get either fifteen minutes or you get thirty minutes, and you go in your time slot. So like this, one one of the houses we looked at tonight was they had. I think it was like 4 to 4.30, to 5.00, every half an hour they had people. And it, it just continued until tomorrow, too. It was like just people every... So if you see it, and we acted really quickly. We It was listed yesterday, I think, afternoon. We texted our realtor today, this morning, and we got a time one of the time slots tonight, but it's like back to back to back. You're just like, this is crazy. And we're like, oh, this is a really nice house. We are considering putting an offer in to one of that one of the houses we viewed tonight. So, you know, we've considered refinancing because right now we would get an even lower interest rate than we have. Yeah. It's like one percent lower, but our home values also probably gone up a ton. So we could refinance and like bundle in our home equity loan from our uh, kitchen renovation, then use the home equity loan to get the bathroom redone and increase our home value even more. Uh, But, you know, we've also talked about potentially in a couple more years moving out of uh, this area. We've got 590 in our backyard. I would like some land, not like a ton, but like a little bit more land, the ability to have a bonfire pit in the backyard, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so we considered moving, but uh, we're not sure. But where are you guys? Are you just literally looking in Monroe County? Are you staying this side of the Genesee? Are you going to become West Siders? <laughs> so we look. So on Saturday, we looked at houses in. Fairport, Webster, and east around Decoit, which was like on the border of the city. Okay. Then tonight we looked at Fairport and went and like in the village of Fairport. And well, that we, couldn't have been cheap. So it was pretty cheap, but it was a really crappy house. Okay, which, that explains it. Yeah, so it was... Well, I mean, it wasn't even like too cheap. Like it was one seventy, so that's like. But probably needed fifty thousand dollars worth of work. So the house was built in eighteen sixty one. So, and they had put like the 
the front room was very nice because it was just a newer addition. And so it had like the foundation was blocked. So that was nicer. Um, but it was a it, right. It's like almost a 200 year old farmhouse initially. So like, and then there was an addition on the back, which these additions, they're not even real additions. They're just one extra room added. Um, and the back one didn't have heat, wasn't insulated. So when you walked in and there's no door, it, it's super teeny tiny house. Um, so like, and when you went down in the basement, like the walls are the original, the foundation is the original foundation. It's like the stone that they put in that's just molded together. So, oof. It, there, and yeah, so it was like, and it was right on a busy street and it barely, you could barely fit two cars in the driveway. Oh. And there was like no backyard, but it was seriously in like the village. It was, you could almost see Fairport Brewing Company from the front yard. And you would, you were like a quarter mile from the library the restaurants it was yeah, like, all that stuff it was walkable so two things first of all ghosts you'd have to worry about ghosts in a house that old it's got to have at least one ghost oh it was right across the street from a cemetery okay so multiple ghosts <laughs> multiple ghosts uh, multiple I, ghosts don't know if you want the ghost house, but you could probably buy it, make it into a bed and breakfast, and advertise it as the ghost house. Um, second of all, that room you were talking about, the non-insulated one, reminded me of something. Um, 17 Holly Street, the fraternity house when I was a freshman. Um, at Rudy's room had a, a room off of it. Don't know what the purpose of this room was supposed to be. He had a futon in it. Like, it was almost like this room was supposed to be a two-bedroom room that you could have a second bed in that room. But there was only him in the room. So there was at least one night I slept in that bedroom, in quotation marks, not insulated at all. That room was freezing. The rest of the house insulated. This one random room, not insulated. They just, so. Yeah, I. that's what it, like, I mean, this was a nice summer night, and you, when you just walked to this other room, it got cold, and it had, it was the connection to the But that cellar. was the ghost. <sighs> that, the cold was the ghost. But, but, so that one is a no-go, but we looked at one in West Arondacoit, so we... So we really like the one in West Arondacoit, so maybe we will become... Maybe we will leave the east side, even though like our goal would be east side. Um, but we, I mean, some of the houses here, they're just, they're incredibly expensive. Like even the ones that are in our budget, like the one that we looked at on Saturday, it's in our, it's listed in our budget. But when we went, oh, the biggest thing about this house in Webster that why we're not going forward with it. So it was on the market for, I think, four days. Had yep. 70, 70 showings. Oh my god! Seventy. Have, has showings. anything in Penfield popped up at all? Not affordable. Not it, everything is. Uh, see, it seems like the cutoff is like two hundred thousand, which is kind of like that would be, well, really top of our budget for where we're at right now. Um, so a lot of the houses are being listed at like a hundred and ninety nine. So hear me out. North Gates and North Greece. Even Chile. Those should be more affordable. They are. So we have... So our search includes, like, Ogden, Spencerport. Spencerport tends to be pretty expensive, though. Yeah, so we've... And we we threw in Henrietta, too. Like, we pretty much... Monroe County. Pretty much Monroe County. We didn't do Greece. Greece is like the only place I think we didn't list. Uh, That's and, a good choice. I mean, and we had the city. We didn't list. We listed parts of the city. 
So apparently North Winton Village is the yeah. new hotspot for millennials. Yes, it is. Our, we looked our, at North Winton Village. So our realtor called it the Park Ave area for millennials. Yeah, so we looked at a house there, and it was relatively nice. It was huge, had a two-car driveway, but no garage, had a really big backyard for being in the city, mm. and it was four-bedroom, two-bath. And I mean, it was shockingly like it was that at the time was at the tip of our price range. I think it was at 185. So we like immediately threw it out the door because I was like, this is, you know, it's that was the tip of our price range. Like we'd be house broke at that point. And I was like, it doesn't have a garage. And, you know, even though it's like pretty up to date. we don't need four bedrooms though. God in this time, I wish we had it cause we could each have our own office. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we looked there, we looked in North Winton village. Then we looked in Brighton. Um, we looked at one place, I think it was in Penfield and it was like super affordable. It was like a hundred thousand. If that 900 square feet, it was, oh. it was a micro home. <laughs> It was a three-bedroom, one-bath home, and I was like, we walked in, and we both looked at each other, and we're like, yeah, this, nope, too small. I mean, we're at 13, and I think our house is too small, but I also, you know, grew up in a 1,700-square-foot home with three people living in it, so, you know, I I expect to have space out the wazoo. So the house in West Veronica that we liked, it's on a pretty quiet street. Um, it is a three bedroom, but it has a bedroom on the first floor that they listed as a fourth. It really probably would be our home office. It's 1700 and um, it, it looks very similar to the house we looked at in Webster. They are like almost identical layout. The Webster one was a little update, more updates. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Ronacoit one was pretty, pretty nice. So we, we liked it. It had a, an interesting backyard. It's not the biggest backyard, but it's got some space, but it's got a big hill on it. So um, part of it's on a hill, but it would be enough space for, um, they had like a picnic table and they had a fire pit area. So those would be pretty nice. But now after seeing like people waiting in line to see it, it's just like, man. <laughs> see, if you just get a place with a fire pit, then I don't need to move. I'll just come over your house for fires. <laughs> I we'll know. be socially distanced. There'll only be the six of us, you know, once you have your kid. And, you know, Nessa will be there just roasting marshmallows till she falls asleep. And I know. Cause all I is good. The, I can't buy the house next to you if you guys are thinking about moving. You guys will have to come uh, move to West Aranaquay. I don't know. If we're, we're thinking more Penfield, uh, Fairport <laughs> area. Um, you know, I'd love to live out that way. Yeah. But then the other thing is, like, you know... In Brighton, we're so close to everything. There is four Wegmans within a 15-minute drive from our house. Uh, there is an entrance to 490, 390, and 590 within 10 minutes of our house. And we can pretty much reach anywhere in Rochester within 20 minutes and... Most of Monroe County within 30 minutes on a good day yeah. where we had to go someplace west of here. That was an hour and 20 minutes away, but we had to drop Nessa off at my parents first. That added almost a full half hour onto our trip. And I'm driving and I'm like, I, I've made this drive like three or four times in the past month. This drive didn't seem so long. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm coming from Gates. I'm super far away from everything right now. Um, yeah, that 
is one of the downsides of the Western Round Point house because it's not near uh, anything. anything. It, it, well, it's super close to the lake. Okay. So, and it, so it's very close to Durand and it's very close to like that area. So the, Our, there, there are a couple of nice things. It's very close to the Round Point Library. So, so, so let's adult hard really quick. You said it's yeah. very close to the lake. What's your flood insurance look like? <laughs> You're going to need flood insurance. That isn't cheap. You don't want to be in a flood zone. Trust me. Oh, my God. Very true. Plus, it had a partially finished basement. So, that yeah. was, My uh, parents got put into a flood zone by the town, and they fought it tooth and nail because they were like, well, you're in a flood zone because across the street in the backyard, there's a creek. Now, I used to play with the neighbors across the street. The creek was maybe six feet wide and at most was holding a foot and a half of water in there. They put my parents' house in a flood zone because of that. My parents' house, which was uphill and across the street, probably a good two to three football fields away from this creek. (laughs) And they're like, this makes it a flood zone? And it jacked their insurance up to have flood insurance. So you don't want to be in a flood zone if you can avoid it. I would. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that um one but yeah that's been our adventure so far it's been kind of like on one hand it's kind of exciting it's a big life decision life move but on the other hand it's been like oh you and like oh the first house we really like that we're like oh my god this could be our home they're like oh yeah it's been listed for four days and it's had 70 showings <laughs> it's well just like, on top of that you got the baby on the way so you want to try to move before that happens trust me you got to let me know i'll help you move in i'll help you set up the room and stuff like that as you need because once the baby comes here's my advice to you whenever the baby's asleep you sleep too and take that uh 10 weeks 12 weeks whatever new york state gives you it's going to be exhausting. Oh, my God. Right. I know. Yes, we will need your help. It's crazy how I thought we had a lot of stuff when we moved in here. I thought we had a lot for just two people. But we have we added a ton since we've been here because we bought a whole new because um, we went from a one bedroom to a two bedroom and we bought a whole new bedroom set for us. So we had the frame, two big dressers, two nightstands, and we just added a couple pieces of furniture. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> going to price moving companies, but it might have, yeah. to, it ha- might have to be the U-Haul. Uh... Oh, the U-Haul with friends, man. Oh, I hope not, but we're, we're like, I'm we're we're in our thirties. I'm in my thirties. Like, you shouldn't have to do that anymore. And you right, and you. I'm gonna be relying on Kevin to move everything. He's a youngin. <laughs> I know. I just moved uh, one of our friends, and they had two kids, and they. Oh my god! There's just so much. This, what children add to what you have. I'm like, oh, man, if we can't find anything and we move after the baby comes, I'm like, we're just going to have so much more. Oh, yes, I see (laughs) your entire basement. (laughs) My entire basement is pretty much kid stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kids stuff that is not being actively used. The rest of your house is full of kids stuff being actively used. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, I can't wait to get rid of, got a, we got rid of about 30%. There's another, well, we wanted to hold a garage sale and due to COVID, that didn't happen. I mean, I had everything in the garage ready to be put roadside, and then it moved all back from the garage back downstairs. And I'm like, fucker, got this out of here, there was room in here, and now it's all back here again. Back. Um, so... We're going to got to get rid of this stuff, but I understand, man, you got to, you want to buy that house before baby. 
if at all possible. And at least like a month or two before baby. Yeah, I know. It would be terrible for Kayleen to be moving at like seven or eight months pregnant. Because well, you'd be doing all the moving. Right. I don't, know. Don't kid but, yourself. Oh, yeah, I know that. But hopefully, hopefully, like, we want to be in there with enough time to, like, unpack stuff and, like, try to set up and prepare and then go through our whole plans about figuring out where doctor's offices are, where the hospital is, best route, uh, daycares. Daycares is another whole issue with... Well, like, daycares, you have to wait till you have your house to know where you're going to. But, uh, yeah, but some people, like, get put on wait lists, like, as soon as they get pregnant. It's yeah, crazy. I was going to say, if you wanted an in at, at Kids First, I could, you know, <laughs> give you the recommendation there. And I was just to say... You know, I could see if Genesis Pediatric has any openings right now because pediat- pediatricians you're going to want to get before the baby's born because sometimes you have to go to the pediatrician within the first week of having the baby for certain shots and stuff. And So we can't, yeah. so we have to register at the hospital um, before delivery, obviously. But the first thing you need to register is you need to list your pediatrician. So you have to have your pediatrician. We have to get them, like, ASAP. Um, I like Genesis, so it's in Gates, but it's right off of um, 531. So, like, 490 splits off. It's that first exit off 531 onto Elm Grove Road, and then they're right near the YMCA on Elm Grove Road. So it's super easy to get to. Um, So, yeah, now we're getting into baby talk. Uh, So there's that. And Emmy will keep sending you uh, houses, I'm sure. Like, you know, I, I, I came home from uh, picking up Nessa a couple weeks ago and I'm driving and I was like, I literally just left the house 10 minutes ago and that for sale sign was not up. <laughs> so I was like, Ness, do you want to go for a little walk? She's like, yeah, dad, why? And so we walk, I was like, just come with me. So I walk down, I get the house number, I send you guys the detail. That's the $190,000 home. So now every time we drive by, Ness is like, Dad, look, it's the house for sale. And I'm like, I know. And she goes, if it's still for sale when I'm out of college, I'm going to buy it and live down the road from you guys. (laughs) And I'm like, that's so cute, but it won't be. (laughs) Like, I'm shocked it's actually still for sale right now. Um. That's the craziest thing because it's like some of these houses are gone in like two days and some of these houses are sitting. One of the houses that we looked in today was like it had just been reduced price. I don't know. I, you know I, I have no idea what this market is. So It's confusing. area too. Like don't get me wrong. I'm in Brighton. It's great. But that house does have 590 in the backyard. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah. of houses for sale right now. So people have other options to put their bids in uh, on. So people are taking their time with houses. So Yeah. Nuts. It's just so much, so many factors to consider. It's like price, of course, is the big factor. But there's just so much other stuff. Because there's price, purchase price. But there's like how you work out the terms, how you work out the deal, to like get your monthly payments which is like even more important than purchase price because it's like you could get the best deal but if you set up your monthly payments to be too much then we're going to be house broke yep. <laughs> and yeah like, so, i feel like i'm going to be house broke anyway but <laughs> we made a ton of deals with our houses so so like there were definitely some broke things that we should have asked to get fixed. Like they had kicked a door frame in upstairs at one point and we're like, Nope, just leave it. We don't care that the door frames kicked in. And I just popped the door off. And like, we took four years of being in the house to actually replace that door. It was the bedroom, the spare bedroom. Um, you know, we didn't ask them to do anything and, like really, um, other than like in the crawl space, there was some cardboard and I was like, you got to remove that cardboard. Cause I don't want to get in the crawl space and I don't want it getting moldy. No. Um, then the bank came back with a few things that they needed to fix. But then like within the first 
year, year and a half, we dumped so much money into the house. So the first week we were here, the water heater broke. So that was almost a thousand dollar repair. Um, then we bought the house without AC, knowing we'd have to add AC before the summer. So the first summer we were here, we added AC. We, my grandparents had given me a couple thousand dollars to move in with, and we used that to have the house painted and have the hardwood floors downstairs redone. So there went that five grand on that project. Then the dryer wasn't working, and we should have known something because when we came to view the house, all the clothes were hanging from one of the pipes in the house, and the dehumidifier <laughs> was set to 25% humidity. Oh, and that yeah. should have been like, and like when I mean all the clothes, there was underwear on hangers. <laughs> and like, I thought it was weird, but like they were getting divorced and I thought maybe he was just being weird about his laundry or something. Um, well, it turns out the dryer had had so much lint in it. It didn't dry any clothes. Oh, so God. then we're like, we could try to clean out this dryer, but no, we just went and bought a new dryer. So we got a new dryer and then the washing machine went. So we had to do that then the dishwasher went and we had to do that and then we had to replace the disposal in the sink then we got the garage door broke and we had to get the chain fixed we didn't luckily have to get a whole new motor unit just the chain but then the actual garage door itself broke so we got a new garage door and then we got the kitchen redone and then the furnace broke and we had to get the new furnace and we only had a hundred service uh, electric panel, so we got that upgraded to a hundred and fifty service when we had the furnace done because there was a discount, and I wanted to get that upgraded. And oh my god, home maintenance! Like <laughs> early in the pandemic, um, you know, in our office, Emmy can't see in low vision or low light very well, so she was having the light on all the time, and I hated it because I was like. I'm getting migraines all the time, and when I move my hand, I can literally see it like like a strobe light. Right. Well, it turns out that the light we had in there was an LED bulb, mm-hmm. and for some of those people that have migraines, they're LED sensitive because LED don't do a constant stream of light. Um, they literally flicker, and some people with migraines can see the flicker, and that causes the strobe effect. So that was making that triggering you. Yep. So we went to Home Depot and we bought a light. And I've replaced, I don't like electric work, but I've replaced enough lights in this house that I'm like, I I know how to replace a light. So I get up there on Saturday, I take the light down, I blah, 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 replace the light, mount it, go downstairs, turn on the circuit breaker, circuit pops. Okay, that's happened before. Go upstairs, check all the connections, come downstairs come back turn the circuit circuits fine lights fine go upstairs turn the light off circuit pops <laughs> Motherfucker! now i'm up there again on the ladder again taking the light off rewiring it circuit pops again and i'm like what the fuck is going on at this point like i know my electric like i know it's not that bad so i'm like okay maybe the wire's busted or something or it's the light So I take the light down itself and I cap all the wires and I'm like, the circuit should not pop because there is no light that this is connected to calm downstairs circuit pops mother fucker. And (laughs) Emmy and Ness leave the room house. And finally Emmy's like, you need to call an electrician. And I'm like, I know what I'm doing. And she's like, I don't think this is you. So, through a friend, uh, you know, we hear, I get an electrician, I call him, he finally calls me back Saturday night, he has me doing this, that, and the other thing, circuit keeps popping. He goes, okay, you have to remove the circuit breaker, and I'm like, that's past my level of electric knowledge, Uh, I don't know how to remove the circuit breaker, and I don't want to electrocute myself. So he made a Sunday call, he came out on a Sunday, and he's like, so it's one of two things. Either your circuit breaker is shot or your the breaker is saw, shot on that yep. circuit or the wire shot. If the break it, breaker shot, easy repair, no big deal. 
if the wire's shot, I'm going to have to come back, and that could be like a $300 repair because you have to rewire an entire wire. Now, though we got our panel upgraded, we had none of the circuits replaced. The only circuits that are new are the ones they put in with the furnace and the kitchen and the AC. He takes out the circuit, connects, disconnects it from the power, tries to flip it on with nothing connected to it, and the circuit pops. And he goes, that's good news. It means you're, the breaker's probably shot. Throws a new breaker in, power. I had wired the light correctly and everything. It's just the stupid breaker had gone after, um, you know, oh my 40, 50 years. Oh, yeah. So that's the next thing in electric I need to figure out is how to replace a breaker without electrocuting myself. It looked relatively easy. It looks like you turned off the power to the house. You take off the panel and then there's like just two pins that hold the breaker in. You pull the breaker out. There's a single copper wire that goes into it. You pull the wire out. You put the wire into the new breaker and then you pop it in. It looks that simple, but I'm like, I know I'm going to electrocute myself right at the breaker, and that's that's going to be the end of me. This is one thing I'm yes. not comfortable But that's something you got to look forward to with homeownership, fixing things. Oh, my God. This, I know. I, I have confidence that I can learn this stuff, but at the moment, I will not say I'm Mr. Fix-It. So well, this is... Electric is relatively easy. Um, let me ask, what's your tool set look like? non-existent oh well then i've got a uh, homeowner gifts for you <laughs> you know you're gonna need the basics you're gonna need a couple rolls of duct tape uh plumber's wrenches uh at least one multi-purpose screwdriver a hammer i'll get you the basics of homeowner stuff <laughs> and then over the years you can get the fun stuff like the sawzall and the circular saw and some right. of the stuff i still don't have that i'd love to have but yeah, so def- yeah, all the things to look forward to, but right, yeah, it's just like it will be one thing after the other. <laughs> yes. Well, do you want to talk about any baby stuff before we move on to conspiracy corner? Uh, we can go right to conspiracy. I'll save my topic for next time. Okay. I have I have a couple things that I've been building on, so I will also add to it too. But maybe we, we should right- bring on. We could bring out Bill on the next episode, too, and do a whole father's advice to Pat. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, There's a lot to cover there. Yes. So for Conspiracy Corner, I'm actually bringing a a philosophy thing this time around. Um, I just finished a book called Ishmael, and it's a Socratic dialogue between a gorilla that's telepathic and a human about human uh, how humanity got the way it is. And, uh, you know, I want to I thought it was a very interesting concept. Um, So, you know, he makes this whole proposal that, you know, humans have only been um, civilized, living in cities and having agriculture for about 10,000 years. But uh, Homo, the sorry, I'm going to mess up the scientific term. I think it's the genius like Homo erectus, Homo neanderthalus, Homo sapien is like 100,000 years old. And humans, or at least the homo race, lived uh, for that 100,000 years. And uh, so it's kind of making the point that living through agriculture is not natural. It's fighting against the natural order of the world. And that a lot of our myths, like the story of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, are telling us that God granted us this earth so we can do with it whatever we please. But that has led to some of our bad behaviors like poisoning the earth and things because we think it's our right to do it, that we don't have to follow in the way of nature. And I I thought it was a really interesting concept. Um, You know, I'm not saying that we all go back to living like nomads. Yeah. uh, But he made some interesting points on it like that, you know. There's still people starving today, but we're overproducing food. And it's not like those starving people are not going hungry because we're overproducing food, but population keeps growing. And there's been, I guess, some scientific stuff that shows that whenever you increase 
uh, food supply, population increases proportionally. So then we see population growing and we're like, well, next year we're going to need this much food. So we increase our food supply again and population grows to that food supply. And he's like, if we just stopped increasing the food supply we are made and kept, kept it steady, population would stop growing. He's not saying that people would starve, but he was saying both lines would balance out. <laughs> and it was just a very interesting, like, set of thoughts and beliefs presented forward and really kind of like what the future of man looks like as we're dealing with global warming. I mean, California's now got fires again. Uh, the One of the last mega glaciers in Canada finally broke last week. Um, Death Valley recorded its highest temperature ever and the highest temperature recorded on Earth since we started recording temperature. Um, you know... It's, it's 130 degrees. It was over 130. Yeah, and... It's just death. Like, you, we'd be dead if that was... Yeah, yeah okay, I'm going to go off the deep end here. You ever think that the Earth is trying to kill us? <laughs> like, think about it. You think COVID, murder hornets, bubonic plague this year, the fires, the hurricanes. Is the Earth trying to kill us off? Like, you think the Earth is living and intelligent and like, I got to get rid of these fucking humans off of us. They're wrecking me. <laughs> I mean, it, it goes down to the conspiracy thing. And I've brought this up before on podcast of the Georgia Guidestones where in the 1980s someone set a freaking like Stonehenge thing in Georgia with 10 rules for living and one was like maintain humanity perpetually at half a million population across the globe uh, in in coordination with um, nature or something like that right. and you know I, I'm not advocating for any drastic measures to drop human population but it makes me think like if we established our world on a different set of myths of what our relationship is to the earth we live on it, it wouldn't happen in a generation but a, but in two or three generations could we start living differently not drilling for oil and fossil fuel based economy you know um not overproducing food yet making sure that our hungry people get fed because the food is definitely out there to feed them it just doesn't get to them um it you know it's the same concept of i've been traveling uh new york in the outskirts of the cities lately in new york and i look at all the dilapidated farmland and i go new york could really feed itself if new york provided grants to its farmers you know provided some ways for it to build some greenhouses so that we could keep fresh fruit and vegetables coming in the winter uh you know if we could legalize weeds so we could have that tax revenue and also farmers growing marijuana where farms weren't in use um, I think like New York could be self sustaining, but at the same time, that is a very agriculturalist view compared to what this book is saying is I'm like sitting here going, no, New York should be farming itself to feed itself. We shouldn't be sending our food to other States. <laughs> we're, so. we're keeping everything ourselves. Make right. New York great again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a platform. Make, New York great again. But it, it just it it got me really thinking about like how we operate. And you know, at one point he makes an argument in it that like we're not meant to work eight hour days. Back in the agriculture or the nomadic life, people are like, they had to work all the time. And it's like, no, really, they spent like three hours a day hunting for food and then Rest of the day was free time. 
yes, that free time might be setting up your tent for the week or something, but you had relative free time and that's how we started. You know, he makes the argument that's how we started to develop because we had free time. People, ancient people could experiment with tools and then we learned about tools and then tools made life easier. But then as life got easier, we started putting in systems of control like money and laws and things like that, that then, brought us to where we work eight hour days and some people put in 70 hour work weeks and we think this is normal yet then we have anxiety and depression and all these things that are well this is the normal way to live you should feel anxious all the time so it just it was a really interesting argument and he's got two other books uh called the story of B and my Ishmael that I wanted. Those were the books I actually wanted to pick up before I yeah. looked at my nightstand and said, I need to read those books. <laughs> so now there's always books on the nightstand or in the bookshelf. I know I've got one called, uh, undistractable and how to live in this modern life of not being distracted by your devices and stuff. But, you know, I, I want to read it. Cause like I listened to it, talk with him and the guy was very interesting and you know he wasn't saying that phones are bad but he's saying like the way we've developed our relationship to our phones is what's wrong yeah so i don't know i'm starting to become an anti uh technologist i've noticed like uh i've <laughs> stopped the podcasting <laughs> i'm a, i'm podcasting well like i'm thinking like at work i've stopped taking notes on word documents at work i actually have a notebook now and when i'm taking notes on calls i'm actually using a, a notebook again and like I was buying books on Kindle but i just prefer physical books but then i also have to you know that gets down to the concept of well, on a Kindle, I can have thousands of books, and it takes up yay amount of space. Yeah. Right now, I have a bookshelf that's literally overflowing, and I either need to donate these books, or, you know, maybe at the end of my yard, build one of those mini libraries and start putting books in there so they get taken. But I'm just like, I, no, I no, have no, no, too no. many books. Add another bookshelf. I'm running yeah. out of space. If I can get rid of the stuff down here in the basement, I could put a bookshelf in the basement. I mean, I, I have a DVD shelf. Can I tell you the last time I watched a DVD? <laughs> oh, never. Like, never. it's been years since I watched a DVD. <laughs> no, yeah, you guys... I was even thinking of buying the PS5 that doesn't have a disk drive in it and just going all digital. But You, you could, especially since you have Greenlight out and the Aramaquite house has green light. There you go. Uh, so the reason I won't buy the PS5 that ha- doesn't have the disk drive is apparently the PS5 will be fully backwards compatible with PS1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. But you need the disk drive to put the disk into for the older games. What? Oh, oh that, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, so... Mm, yeah, unless you rebuy the games, which you don't want to rebuy them. No, I'm like, I have a copy of Final Fantasy VII uh, down here in the basement for the PS1. I don't want to rebuy this game, so... Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, But, yeah. Just buy buy, uh, buy another bookshelf tool. Just make yourself a little library. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting one. I'm start. I'm gonna start giving books out to people. You know, next time I you still visit, have one of your books too. That's fine. <laughs> next time you visit, you're probably gonna be walking home with Ishmael. I'm gonna be like, you need to read this book, and just you know, add it. I need a couple good books. But I bought earlier this year. I bought the Secret Teachings for All Ages by Manly P. Hall. That's a beast of a book, and it's sitting up on the bookshelf. Right now, that's one of those books where I got like 100 pages into it, and each chapter is its own topic, and now it's just sitting up on the bookshelf. And I'm reading other books. <laughs> There's not enough time to read. I don't really watch TV or play video games anymore. I just read. That's a good thing. Positive so, stuff. Yeah. My next home, I'm going to I'm gonna, you know, have the, the library from Beauty and the Beast somewhere in the home. I would love that. I would I'd definitely. Oh. I'd, 
I'm going to consider my options about because there are some sets you can buy that are like hundreds of bucks, um, and that would be super super cool. But I don't know if, if I have the resources to, or space to do that. But that would be something that would be awesome. Pre COVID, like one month before COVID, I was down in Austin. And I was at a used bookstore in Austin. And I wandered over to the philosophy. Their section was philosophy and mysticism. We're in one section. And I'm, you know, leafing through the books. And I'm like, I find this book. It's a nice hardcover. And it was um, the history of the Freemasons for Freemasons by Freemasons or something like that. And I'm looking through the book and I'm, I'm loving it. It's a beautifully bound book. The pages, it was in the 1950s, so it's that thick paper that, like, they had to cut then. And then, like, every chapter has a stamp that says property of uh, something Masonic Lodge. Do not leave the library. And I'm like, well, someone took this at some point and sold this book. And I'm ready to buy this book. Probably never going to read it. It would literally go on a bookshelf and just sit there. And and he's like, how much is it? I was like, it's it's $37. (laughs) And she goes, are you going to read this book? I was like, no, Maybe. but look how, look how beautiful it is. Like, <laughs> It's got real stamps. I, I might read it at some point. She goes, you're not spending $37 on a book. So then I start looking at other books, and she goes, no, you're just not getting anything from the used <laughs> bookstore. Like, okay. So then on our trip to Ithaca, uh, you know, last week, two weeks ago, we go to a bookstore down in Ithaca. Buffalo Street Books. It's a nice little local bookstore. I wish Rochester had something similar. Almost reminded me of Lift Bridge. And I bought a book there. Um, Boots, Tim Prohl's brother, Bob Prohl, is an author. And I read his book, uh, The Nobody People, uh, earlier this year. And he had a book before this called um, A Thousand and One Worlds, A Thousand Worlds. Mm-hmm. Bob, if you listen, I'm sorry, I'm butchering that name. So now that's sitting on my nightstand to be read. And later this year, his sequel to Nobody People, the Somebody People comes out. So I want to read that. So that's going to be sitting on the nightstand. And then I get my Ishmael and the story of B. And I'm getting too much books, too <laughs> many books. No, we nice. wandered off from Supernatural Corner to talk about too many books. So. Uh. No such thing. Just keep adding to the collection. So I know I just rambled for like 20 minutes there. <laughs> Any thoughts on what I presented to you from Philosophy Corner about Ishmael? Um, no, no. I think I added just a few quick thoughts in between, but nope. Nothing to add further. It's an interesting read. I will probably give you my copy to okay. read. I uh, look forward to it. You know. Get it off my bookshelf and share it. <laughs> On to mine. <laughs> On to yours. Your bookshelf was getting pretty stacked there, too, last oh, I saw it. Overflowing. Overflowing. And now you need all those legal books, you know, like New York Supreme Court decisions oh, from wait. 1776 to 1777. Yeah, I have way too many. I still <laughs> have textbooks, which there's no reason to have a textbook. I kept a couple of my textbooks. I think I finally got rid of one, but one was from uh, a class I took that was called American History Through Film, and it reviewed a bunch of movies and their historical accuracy. And there's another one that I kept, and it's an Italian book writer. And I kept it, first of all, because it was a $40 book. And, like, the trade-in values at the school bookstore were like, I'm going to give you $2 for this book. And I'm like, no, you're not. You don't know how hard this book was. So, first of all, the teacher gave us the the barcode number. And it turned out the barcode number she gave us was for the Italian version of the book. So, we had to return the book. And then she got the... Uh, write one for the English version of the book, but this book at the time was not very well produced, so it was forty dollars for this book. And I'm like, then the bookstore comes back. Well, it's used. We're willing to give you two bucks for it. I'm like, this is worse than GameStop's trade-in values. <laughs> no, I read one one of the three stories from it. I am keeping this book. 
Like, <laughs> no. I have a guy. I have a couple of those similar stories where they. I think I have a textbook that was like a two hundred dollar textbook, and it was like, "We'll give you fifty cents." And it was like, "No, nah, I'll just keep it." Yeah, like. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just keep it. So Sorry. it'll sit up my bookshelf. Maybe one day I'll look at it. <laughs> and I've gone through, and I, we usually once a year do a goodwill trip where we donate a bunch of books, and you know I'll donate some of the lesser books, but I've got some that I just will never donate, and they're just going to sit on a bookshelf forever. So no, 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 you'll get to them. You'll get to them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I will. (laughs) All right. So with that, I'm going to take us out with our ending quote for today. And uh, it's actually Manly P. Hall uh, from the secret from the secret teaching of all ages Uh, to live in the world without becoming aware of the meaning of the world is like wandering about a great library without touching the books. Oh, I like that one. That's one of my favorite ones you've had. Yeah. It originally uh, was, uh, I was listening to music today and I was, uh, I don't know if you remember the Flowbot song, No Handlebars, but it was lyrics from that song. And then it's like this, I just like this quote. Like, even though I like No Handlebars, this quote just sticks. It's a good one. Well, thank you. Always Podcast this. <laughs>